Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. I am intentionally encouraged when I see people doing business the right way. And for the last 15 years, Damon Burton and his team at SEO National have done just that. Now you might say, Brian, what can they do for me and my business? I'm going to tell you what they can do for you. They can help you understand search engine optimization. There are a lot of players out there in the marketplace, but you want a team of people that are going to be dedicated to working with you and helping you to understand search engine optimization and how you can show up higher on search engines so that you can bring more revenue into your business. Damon and his team are full of integrity, honesty, decency, and trust. And if that's important to you and that encourages you, I would encourage you to give them a call today at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get a free quote and tell them you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Get ready for a dynamite conversation coming up right now on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. Little different setup. I forgot my mic stand. When you tr- when you're podcasting on the road, you got to remember everything you need to podcast on the road. But we're doing the best we can, recording from Hot Springs, Arkansas. But through the power of the internet, my guest is in Katy, Texas, and that is Mark Foster. You can find him on Twitter at W Mark Foster, but you can find him right here right now on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And if there is ever an encourager that I know that has spent a lifetime encouraging, it's this man here. He's a preacher. He's an evangelist, a longtime pastor. And and again, if you want encouragement, spend about 10 minutes with Mark Foster and you will get intentionally encouraged. But my friend Mark Foster joins me today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Mark, how are you? I'm doing great, Brian, and I hope you are. I am down here in Arkansas as we record this, and so I'll share this with you. You you travel all over the country preaching and, and evangelizing and speaking. The lady asked me today at the Little Rock Airport, she said, welcome, welcome back. She said, how long has it been since you've been with us? I said, about 25 years. The last time I was here, I went to chicken school in Springdale, Arkansas at Tyson <laughs> University. So All right. So no chicken school on this trip, Mark, but, oh, but, man. uh, I was back in little rock, but let's start here. You, you, you travel all over the country. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to start here. I usually start here on just about every podcast because I am curious how people in different parts of the country and different parts of the world have dealt with things the last couple of years. You are a, a seasoned traveler again, pastored for many years in West Monroe, Louisiana, and now travel all over the country evangelizing. How have the last two years been for you, and what's the most noticeable thing that you have seen in your travels the last couple of years as we're finally, hopefully, getting back to normal after all this pandemic things that we've dealt with? Well, in the beginning, we saw uh, fear, uh, and and some of that later turned into anger and uh, with because uh, of the shutdown of the country and churches and so forth. But uh, I I see people rebounding very, very well. I saw people handling it both ways, some good, some not. 
And uh, I just encourage people during that time, uh, you, you know, in a wilderness season, in a tough season, uh, leaders understand that uh, that is that that is basically where the rubber meets the road. And you've got to stay faith-filled and positive, and you've got to believe that God is going to help us help others get through this. And, and that's what we did. We helped a lot of people get through it. And uh, I, I think a lot of folks came through very well. And uh, I don't think the fear factor is there that much anymore. I do uh, run into some that are that are still very fearful. I lost some good friends yeah. uh, during COVID, so I do not minimize it at all. I lost some very good friends. Uh, but uh, tough times uh, uh, make or break people, and that's where we've got to trust in God. Well, and, and here's the thing that struck me by what you just said there is that faith, a lot of people think about faith and they say, well, I'm not a Christian, so therefore, I, how am I supposed to have faith? Or right. I don't go to church, so how do I have faith? And, and faith is a basic human emotion. You have to have some level of faith to do anything in this world. You, when you go to, to, to get in your car to right. start it, you have to have faith that, that it's going to get you from point A to point B and do it without a flaw same thing with air travel and things like that exactly you know and so when 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 people well you're a person of faith well mark you're a person of faith i think to, to some degree we're all people of faith in one way or the other but i love what you said about tough people and and the resiliency of tough people when you think about being resilient Mm -hmm. That that is a mark and a measure of encouragement. How have you seen resilience in in the midst of this situation? Because you you were, I love what you said about staying faith filled and positive. Mm -hmm. There's a resiliency to that, is there not? Absolutely, there's a resiliency to that, and it's imperative that you do stay faith filled and positive. Now, here's the thing: this was a very hard place. COVID was a hard place. And so there's there's some things that we've got to, to understand and some things that we've got to do. Number one, uh, the, a hard place is a season of growth and not gratification. And I've got to understand that. Uh, growth and gratification don't happen at the same time. And so this was a season of growth for people that really wanted to grow. Uh, secondly, uh, deep insights are, uh, are a result of deep valleys. And so as the people that really wanted to grow during that time of COVID, uh, they, they grew, but they, they were walking in a deep valley. And so they had some deep insights. And, and we also know for leaders, uh, leaders especially, respect is always gained on difficult ground. And so leaders don't run from the tough times, from the hard times, but leaders rise to the top uh, during that time. Uh, and, and tough times are also a season to overcome taking shortcuts. We just gotta do what we've gotta do uh, in, in those times. 
So we've got to make up our mind that we're going to be faith-filled and that we're going to do what we need to do uh, and and trust God, but keep on leading. Well, and, and I love what you just said there. The ability to overcome taking, there, there's so much I could unpack. I, I want to start with what you said a minute ago, growth over gratification, because in our world, Mark, and, and I, I just recently did this, my phone was acting up. I've had a phone for, same phone for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. I would get off an airplane, I'd turn it off airplane mode, and it would just not want to pick up a signal. It just didn't want to. It really a metaphor for life for some people. It just, you know, I, I come off of this high and and now all of a sudden things aren't working just right and I just don't want right. to turn on. I just don't want to connect like I like I've been doing and things like that. But we have such an instant gratification society. Mm -hmm. We can pull information up at, at our fingertips. We can get food at our finger, I was talking to a man in Oklahoma City last week as we were talking about it, and he was he, he owned a restaurant. He was telling me, he's like, I got DoorDash and Grubhub before all this hit. So when it hit, I was ready. But again, it's the, I don't want to go pick up something to eat. I'll have somebody bring it in their car to me, mm -hmm. and then I can have that gratification of getting something to eat. Grow, growth over gratification. How difficult is it? And you work with pastors, you work with other business leaders and things like that. How hard is it to get someone to understand to really grow, you have to delay gratification? Well, delayed gratification is the key to almost everything. And uh, in our uh, instantaneous society, and, and, and instant gratification society, that's not easy. Now, one thing, it, of course, is uh, I, am, I am actually retired from pastoring right now, although uh, I think I'm busier than I've ever been. And uh, <laughs> it's exciting and I love it. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. Prices are going up by the day. We've got to find ways to increase our household revenue. Now, a couple ways you could do that is, one, you could go and ask your boss for a raise, but if that doesn't work, I've got another way for you. It's my friend Joe Hart's program called Products for Profit. Joe's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourage podcast and told his story about how learning retail arbitrage changed his life, and he's been helping thousands of people change theirs. Now, retail arbitrage is simply this. It's taking a product and buying it and then reselling it online for a higher price, and you keep the profits. And guess what? Amazon and Walmart use third-party resellers every day to fulfill their customer orders. I want you to go to productsforprofit.com or productsforprofit.carrd.co. Get connected to Joe's team. Tell them you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast and start making money today with Products for Profit. And now let's get back to more great conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Do you ever really retire from Pastor and Mark? I don't think so. And and you know my phone rings and it's exciting. I'm I'm thrilled about it. Uh, Paul and I do uh, marriage weekends, leadership weekends all over the country. In fact, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do another one in Kentucky uh, this Thursday. We'll fly out and fly back on Monday. But uh, it, it's it's I, I think of a retirement 
if I had not had delayed gratification, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And that is, you have to invest a part of your income. You have to say, you know, I'm going to save. And, and, and of course, I think it's very important for people to sow, to save, and to spend. You, you sow your tithing. You save money for a rainy day and save by investing as well. And then you spend. And, and so by Paula and I doing that uh, and, and the church helping us do that, we're able to live like, like we live right now. We're not wealthy people, but the way I like to put it, it doesn't sound really exciting, but Paula and I will always have a pot of beans on the table uh, until we're 105 years old. Yeah. And so, but, it, but, but it's because of delayed gratification. If you can ever get somebody to realize the value and the victory of delayed gratification, and we're living right now in the rewards of that delayed gratification. And so you've got to want to grow and you've got to be willing to delay that gratification. You know, what I love and what strikes me about you, and, and I want to go here for just a minute because it it feels like to me, and you're talking about pastoring and things like that, and, and my father before he went home to be with the Lord was a pastor the last three and a half mm -hmm. years of his life. I had an uncle that pastored very close to my pastor in West Virginia. Now I understand pastors very well, but here's what I understand as well too, about today's church society, Mark, is the fact that, that it feels like a lot of people go into the ministry and it's not a calling, but it's rather a vocation. That's just what I see is, is in some circles we've said, okay, I'm going to make this a career. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go to school to be a pastor and then I'm going to pastor this church and then I'm going to do this and I'm going to have a nice living and I'm going to do, I, I think we kind of see for lack of a better term, we see the mega church pastors and, and how well they do financially and things like that. And I think some people are enamored by that. What's one thing that people don't realize about pastoring that would just absolutely stun them if you would say, but if you only knew this, you would have a different view of, a, of the role of a pastor? Well, I would say this. Of course, you mentioned the calling and, and, and the career. Uh, it's very important that pastors, people that want to be a a pastor understand that it is a calling and you're not going to like if it's not a calling you're not going to last so you've got to it's got to be the calling but here's what i would say behind every successful what we would consider successful pastor there is a story that we do not know i know people see paula and i where we are today but they often don't know the story behind the story. They do not realize that in 1981, we, we went into Winston-Salem, North Carolina, uh, and with a, we had a travel trailer behind our car with 
every earthly possession that we owned in that travel trailer. And we, we went to a little bitty handful of people that uh, didn't have any faith. They could not pay the church note. They, the, the church was uh, getting ready to be foreclosed on. The pew company had, was already dispatching a truck to get the pews. Uh, and that, and that's, there's a story behind all of that as well. But, but Paula and I went by faith. We bought a little, a little trailer, 12 by 74, I believe it was, that had bullet holes in it. Paint was peeling to the bare metal. Screens were dangling. But hey, baby, it was cheap. Did you get it in West Virginia? Mark, did you get it in West Virginia? <laughs> it made it come right, right north from, from North Carolina's West Virginia. It could have come out in West Virginia. Well, it didn't. When you said it had bullet holes in it and there was stuff missing, and you know, I I, I thought, right. well, you you had to get that from a hillbilly. Yes, but we what we did was we made up our mind that God had called us. Now, if God had not called us we wouldn't have made it. Yeah. We would not have stayed. I remember the day that we hadn't been there, but just a few months, a man had built us a little wooden porch. I had had another man help me. We had scraped that uh, trailer and painted it and lived in that little, our, uh, our, that little park, that little trailer park. Uh, and that's another story because the lady demanded a picture before I moved in. It was a really nice uh, trailer park. And uh, I wouldn't show her a picture, so she wasn't going to let me in. So when I did show her the picture, uh, she said, no, I'm giving your money back to you. That is not coming in to, to this, uh, this trailer park. This is a nice place. We don't let stuff like that in here. That's how bad that thing was. Wow. And, and, uh, I, I know mean, you I was, got it in West Virginia now because that, that that's I, what I happens. Was, well, Brian, I knew I was called. I knew yep. I was called. And I, and so I threw myself at her mercy. I said, ma'am, please understand God's called me to this city. And, and we, we have come here with the call of God. I've got to have a nice place for my family. I'm going to do a little traveling. If you'll give me seven days, I said, I guarantee you this trailer will look as good as anything you've got in this park. Now I lied on that part right there. I didn't mean to, but I did because that trailer couldn't look as good. No, as it was holy. No, they call that holy boldness, Mark. But, they, but here's what she did. She looked at me and she put her money back up and she said, you know, I don't, I don't understand why I'm doing this, but she said, I've never done this, but she said, I'm going to give you those seven days. And she said, if that trailer is not in, in, in the order we need it to be, then you, I, I'll call and have it hauled out of here and you'll pay for it. And so seven days later, we had it done and we lived there. But with the story I was telling you uh, to add to that, a few months later, I walked up on the little porch and my boys were playing in the yard and I waved at them, said, how are you doing? And loved on them a little bit and went in. Paul was setting our china on the table. We'd, she'd never put the china out in that little trailer. We'd been married 10 years, and this was, this was china that had been given to us for our wedding. And so I wondered what the special occasion was. And she put out a little bowl of hominy, a little bowl of green beans, and a little bowl of carrots. And she said, Mark, call the boys. We're ready to eat. And I looked at the table and... That's all there was. I looked at the stove. There was nothing on the stove. 
I opened the oven. There was nothing in the oven. And I said, Paula, Paula, where's the, where's the beef? Where's the chicken? Where's the fish? And tears started coming down her pretty face. And she said, Mark, she said, I hate to tell you this, but she said, we have no food in this house. She said, we don't have any cereal. We don't have any milk. We, we, we don't have any bread. We'll send our boys to school hungry tomorrow. Then she grabbed my hand and, and she said, but Mark, don't you get discouraged because God has called us. He's going to keep us and we're going to make it. And we lifted our hands and praised the Lord. I went out and got the boys. They ate and didn't, they were too young to know any better. Jonathan was just in the first grade. Jeremy was in, I guess, preschool uh, at that time. And so anyway, we sent them to school the next day without any, any food. Real miracle was they weren't hungry when they got up. That was yeah. a real miracle. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know dreams are powerful pieces of intentional encouragement. We all have them. If you're a business owner, you've probably always dreamed of taking your sales to levels you've never seen before. I've got a guy that can help you with that. His name is Brad Norwood. My good buddy Brad has been on the Intentional Encourager podcast as a guest before, and he is a dream specialist. His company, Dream It Pro, offers incentive packages to travel to places such as the Masters, Kentucky Derby, the Super Bowl, even exotic places that you've always wanted to take your team, but you just didn't know how to do it. Brad's your guy. And oh, by the way, Brad's a certified bucket list coach, so he can help your team members achieve their personal dreams as well. I want you to go to www.dreamitpro.com and find out more or call him directly at 479-466-6907. And by the way, tell him you heard it on the Intentional Encourage podcast. Let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourage podcast. I went to the little church and at 10 o'clock the phone rang and Paula was on the other end, just bubbling. She said, Mark, come home right now. She said, I went to the mailbox and somebody that doesn't even know us heard about us and said that God told them to send us a $50 check, said, let's go buy groceries. Wow. And we, we've, we've got story after story just like that. And if we hadn't been called, we wouldn't have stayed. But God blessed us immensely there. So what people have to understand, there is a story behind every successful pastor. They've been through the fire somewhere. And let's go deeper onto that point, Mark, because I was putting myself into that story. And we will hear more stories in the second part of our conversation from Mark. You had to have an intentional encourager. And I wrote that down in the notes that I take, that I make when people are talking. I wrote down his intentional encourager mm -hmm. because she said to you, don't get discouraged. We're here for a reason. Right. And, and I've said this to people about different situations. There is a reason that everything happens. You know, you and I serve a God that, that does not do anything by accident. Right. Nor does he make a mistake. It is everything God does is purposeful. Everything Absolutely. that he does is planned. It, it, it is in order. And, and, and I am just struck by the fact 
that your wife is cooking dinner. She knows that's all the food that you have. Your reaction was a certain way, but she says, don't you get discouraged? Because it would have been very easy for her to be discouraged first. Absolutely. And maybe she fought through that and encouraged herself so she could encourage you. How important, let me go here. I wasn't going to go here, but I'm, I'm going to go here because I feel like I need to go here. How important in your life and in your ministry has it been for you to have an intentional encourager by your side the last 51 years that you've been married to and your sweet wife? For me, Brian, that has been all important. Uh, God has given me a beautiful, beautiful woman and a great encourager. Like you mentioned, we've been married 51 years. And this is a great girl of faith and prayer. And uh, the, the, the important thing for a pastor uh, and, and, and really anybody else, but especially a pastor, is that the husband and wife are not discouraged at the same time. And uh, so when one of us was, was down, the other one was up. And, uh, and, and so that, and, and so I've had that, I've had a woman that's willing to sacrifice. She, she, anything that I felt like God was having us to do, she said, I'm ready to do it. And, uh, and God has blessed me and our ministry, uh, because of that. And so I, I I'm just, I'm very thankful because she has stood right by my side and uh, I, I, I see the blessings of God in our life, but I know the sacrifices. How do you feel like your, your ministry has changed and evolved in the last several years that you've transitioned from being a full-time pastor? And you, you are a, a pastor in West Monroe, Louisiana, at the, at the Pentecostals of, of, of the Twin Cities. Is that, right. is that correct? Yeah. Yes. I want to uh, make, sure, make sure I get that right. By the way, uh, we have a Mark and I have another connection. A young man that I went to Christian school with in Southern Ohio is the brother-in-law of the man that took his church and became the pastor of his church. And so that's another connection we have. And right. we have and and another and one other connection I'll share with you if those of you that have have heard our mutual friend Al Robertson on this podcast several right. times. Mark Mark and Al have been friends for many many years. And so, again, connection being so important, how do you feel like your role has changed in the last several years as you transition away from a pastor? What are you doing now that maybe you thought, well, uh, several years ago, I, I, I don't see myself because I, I didn't see myself podcasting, Mark, three, four years ago, even though I'd done a lot of radio. I thought, well, you know, I, I never really considered podcasting until now and things like that. I didn't get a, I didn't get the call to preach until I was, I think I preached my first sermon when I was 39, 40. Oh, wow. In, in that range. You know, I, I was, uh, I was, well, we were going to start a ministry at our church. So we have a ministry at our church called the Elijah ministry, Elisha ministry for those, uh, young people that want to enter the ministry. They, they learn and things like that. I went to my pastor one day and I said, well, I said, since God called me to preach in my old age, I think I'm going to start the Methuselah ministry. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. 
Yeah. But how have you tra- how how have you transitioned and what have you learned about that transition from pastoring to what you're doing now? What what, what how are you helping other pastors and things like that? I I, I forgive me for the long-winded question, but I, I really wanted to 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 focus in for the next few minutes on your transition away from the pulpit into into doing what you're doing now. Well, uh, I, I loved pastoring, and it was it was just a, a, a very gratifying to me. Uh, but we, we did a little over five years ago. We we made that transition, uh, and I have been helping other pastors, missionaries uh, for many years. However, at in this season of our life, it's a very beautiful season that we've embraced every season of life. Some folks don't. But we, we have embraced every season, but we love reaching out to pastors and missionaries. And so we, I'm on the phone every week uh, instead of now just reaching out to people in the local community, just reaching out to church members. Uh, I, am, I am ministering to pastors, preachers, uh, as well as ministering in churches. And so I'm, I'm loving that. And everybody needs an encourager. And I believe that God has given us, Paula and me, one of the things we do, he's given us the ministry of encouragement to help others, to give them some advice or just give them an ear to listen to and to encourage them. I run into pastors today that have told me, I had a pastor tell me just recently, he said in over 60 years of my life, I've never had a pastor affirm me. Now this is a long time, highly successful pastor that told me that. And it it, it was shocking, but we've got to understand that everybody out there needs encouraging. And that's what Paul and I are doing today, traveling all over the country, preaching in churches, teaching leadership, teaching marriage and family, and encouraging pastors and everybody else. You know, and I've said that before too, Mark. I have said there's not a person on the planet that doesn't need encouragement. Exactly. I don't care if you're the leader of the free world all the way down to the fry cook at your local McDonald's. Mm-hmm. everybody on the planet needs encouragement. And right. so in the last couple of minutes, would you share with this audience a piece or word of intentional encouragement? Maybe for a pastor that's listening that says, man, can, can I, can I make it another Sunday? It could be for that business owner. You know, I've, what I thought about when you were talking about taking over that little church that, that had, dead on it and things like that in Winston-Salem, there could be a business owner that's listening to us right now that bought a business that's debt riddled and things like that. And they're trying to turn it around because it's been their dream to own a business or to do things like that. And you've been involved in, and we'll talk about that in part two, how, how involved you were in the West Monroe community. But would you share a word real quick of intentional encouragement to this audience? Well, I just want to tell everybody out there that's listening, business owners, business people, uh, pastors, leaders, uh, people uh, 
in, in careers, people working jobs in their community. I just want you to know that you are not an accident. You are not a mistake. And that God has called you to a purpose. And I want you to understand that. And, and God is right now, I feel him wrapping his arms around you right now while this podcast is going on. And he's ministering love, grace, mercy, and strength to you. He's giving you a dream. Don't give up on that dream. God has called you to it. You keep your faith strong. Keep your hand in God's hand. And he's going to see you through. And we've got so often we say, I've got this. When we need to say, God's got this. And so I think that is of paramount importance. That'll work for every, that'll work for every person watching and listening to this podcast, whether you claim to be a Christian or not, it'll work for you. Amen. It'll work for you every time. And, and again, uh, if, if I ever knew somebody that was an intentional encourager, it's my friend, Mark Foster, but we're not done. We got a second part coming. He's going to go deeper into, into stories from his ministry and his life. You may not know this, but if you're watching on YouTube, there is a little horse right above his head. That's pretty significant to him and, and, and how, how he, how he and his brother Tom have done ministry to, to, to Cowboys and, and we're going to get into that. Listen, you're going to want to come back. This guy not only has been a pastor, but again, one of the only real cowboys that I, I that I have ever had the privilege of knowing because we don't have cowboys in West Virginia. I'll, just tell you that. I'll tell you that right now. We got some wannabe cowboys in West Virginia, but but not like like you guys. Mark, tell folks how they can connect with you, get a hold of your resources. Uh, if they if a church wants you to come and, and minister to them, or or someone wants to have you speak to their organization or or their team, how can they get in touch with you? Well, they can get in touch with me. Uh, I am on Twitter, W. Mark Foster on Twitter. Uh, I'm W. Mark Foster on uh, Facebook. And I'm W. Mark Foster on Instagram. And uh, I don't mind putting my phone number out there if somebody wants it. That is 318-512-7905. And uh, so uh, I want to minister and help in any way that I can. And I know that God's got you and he is loving you through everything. Well, it has been such a privilege to have my friend Mark Foster join me on the Intentional Encourager podcast. But I'm telling you, you got to stick around for part two. You're going to want to understand how this man has done some of the things that he has done. And you're going to be encouraged by it. And I want to thank you, Mark. I want to thank you for this part. And I want to thank you folks for joining us on the Intentional Encourager podcast.
My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.